Hello, and welcome to the A New You TV show. I am your host, and today my special guest is Lucille Reddick. She is a best-selling author, a TEDx speaker, marriage ambassador, and marriage reconnection coach for wives and wives-to-be seeking to improve their communication skills to create peace and happiness in their homes. With over 37 years of marriage, it's her mission to save thousands of wives from emotional pain and life disruption that divorce causes. She has been featured in the following magazines, Biz Boost, We Magazine, Sheen Magazine, and Swag Her. She is the founder of Chosen Wives Tribe, a community of women committed to transforming their minds and character to see their marriage as God's gift, designed to bring them joy and Him glory. Whether she is posting encouraging quotes, speaking to a group of women, hosting a podcast, or making a quick video to speak life into the lives of wives everywhere, it is from a posture of gratitude for the gift of her marriage has brought to her life. She speaks on topics such as take your marriage from surviving to thriving, five steps to creating a home where peace, purpose, and passion thrive, financial teamwork, how to thrive financially in your marriage, or three steps to reignite your marriage and your sex life and communication. Know your love language and his. She is the author of That Secret Sauce, Essential Elements for Creating an Exceptional Marriage. Lucille, welcome to the A New You TV show. Well, thank you so much for having me. You was reading all that. And I was like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's you, the one and only Lucille Reddick. Well, and I'm so thankful way. to the Lord. Yes, God <laughs> bless you. God bless you. We definitely need uh, your expertise, wisdom to go forth out to the world because it is definitely a needed ministry. The secret sauce. Look at this. The secret sauce. All right. The essential ingredients for creating an exceptional Matter. How did you come to write this book? Well, I believe it was from the Lord. I, I know it was from the Lord. The Lord told me about 20 years ago that he wanted me to do something to help married women. And I didn't know what that meant. At the time, I wanted my sister and I to do a magazine. And uh, she wasn't really feeling it. And so I just kind of let it lie dormant. You know, we I had kids, young kids at that time. Uh, I can't even remember whether it was when my mother was still alive because she lived here with me for a time for about five or six years before she passed. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, life happened. And then, you know, here we are uh, in COVID. And I said, I want to write a book. <laughs> and it come back to my mind that, you wanted to reach out and help women. Uh, and so that's where it came from. It's from the Lord initially, but then 
I've just celebrated in January 38 years of marriage. And I never thought that I would get to 38 years. Mm. And really, when I think about it, you may hear the <laughs> the emotion in my voice. Yes. But uh, it's, it's strictly by the Lord's grace and his design that I'm even here to celebrate 38 years of marriage. Uh, because as I speak about in my book, uh, during uh, years one through seven, I was trying to get out of it <laughs> all the time Yeah, because it wasn't what I thought that it would be. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. I'd seen all the movies. I read all of the novels. I, I know what it's supposed to be. And it wasn't that. Yeah. But what you're not hearing is I didn't have parents at home mm. to really give me a roadmap. Yeah, yeah. And so the Lord had to work with me. And he sent some amazing women, two in particular, to talk me off the ledge yeah. when I was wanting to get a divorce. Yeah. Uh, through talking to them, really them pointing me to the Lord, me getting in scripture and prayer. That's really it's him. That's when we when we say I do, we're not going into it uh, thinking or planning an exit plan. <laughs> We're yeah. saying, or I said for myself and a lot of the women I talked to, they said those vows till death do us part, do us part. but it's how do we walk that? Mm -hmm. So this is my little piece yeah. uh, that I wanted to put out into the world that I thought would be helpful. Um, when I've counseled women, these are some of the things that I shared with them. It's just some of the things that, that I did. Yeah. It's, is what I wanted to share, and I thought it would be helpful for someone. Yes. That was a long answer. Sorry. Yes. Yes. No. Congratulations on 38 years of marriage. Thank I you. think uh, media has made it so where marriage is such a fairy tale. You know, you, you have this big wedding, you go on your honeymoon, and you come back, you, you're just in love with one another, can't get enough of one another. And, you know, as you start working, the children coming and life goes on, reality sets in. And it's like it's unexpected. Right. And Absolutely. you can fight through that. You have to fight through that and be committed to one another. Oh, absolutely. When women ask me, uh, single women, they'll ask me, uh, and sometimes married women, too. How did I know he was the one or, you know, how did I make it last this long? And I just tell him in a realistic way. Uh, it took a lot of prayer, mm -hmm. uh, but I'll ask him a question. I said, now, I want you to take a minute and think of when you say for better or worse, I want you to think of what the worst is for you in your mind. Yeah. And we take a minute, we pause and they think about it. I say, OK, you got it. And they say, yes, I have it. I say, now 10x that. And I go, 10X? <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a 10X that because you don't know what is down the pike. When we're saying that we're signing up for better or for worse, worse could be anything. Yeah. It could be, you know, your spouse is injured somehow yeah. and cannot provide for you. It could be you're injured in some mm -hmm. type of way and, and not able to provide that sexual gratification for your husband. Yeah. Uh, it could be just a number of things. You got we got births and deaths and everything in between that come up. So 
I I want to help women go into it with a realistic perspective yeah. on what the worst can be. And right. then prayerfully, you know, you with God's help, uh, you know, can do that. Now, I'm not talking about any abuse or anything like that, mm -hmm. uh, because I always say that if there is physical, emotional you know, uh, abuse or anything like that, uh, first take it to the Lord, but then the Lord will give you a piece about it if you have to leave, because there are some circumstances I believe that women need to leave. Yes, 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 yes. So then it is very important then that God is in the midst of that marriage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's for me, that's what's that's what's gotten me this far. And so that's the only thing I can tell people is what has gotten me this far. Yes. Amen. Amen. So you are helping wives to keep their families together. How did you become a marriage coach? Uh just by People knowing my story and me sharing life and uh, my experiences with people. Now, uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't know this, Ivy, because of the circumstances we met under. But I'm a shy person. <laughs> <laughs> Stop <And> people, <laughs> people that meet me under certain circumstances, they don't believe that. Uh, but I am. But now if you meet me under the right circumstances and I just talk your ear off. Uh, <laughs> So if I am in a group and we're sharing, I'm very transparent, I'm open. Uh, I do like people, but I'm very selective about who I deal with. But in doing life with people, they get to hear my story, uh, maybe get to hear my angst, you know, on a particular day. You know, I'm going to kill him. I'm just yeah. going to kill him. And they'd be like, what do you did? He left his shoes on the, on the, in the, you know, in the middle of the thing again. <laughs> You know, something, uh, you know, I, I just cleaned out the sink and, you know, put them dishes in the sink. I don't know why he can't see that the dishwasher is just right here next to the sink. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> you know, they, they they understand it. So just in sharing that, you know, they feel comfortable enough uh, that they can come and ask me, uh, you know, questions, pick my brain, so to speak. And I share with them. I share, I share with them the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. I've been a part of several uh, book, women's book clubs, groups. Uh, I have a, a longstanding, this is my second Bible study group that I'm with. And it's a, it's a group of uh, married and singles. Uh, and so when we're talking about the scriptures and, uh, it may start off with the single way. It most times starts off with the single women just saying, you know, I'm tired of being single. I wish I had a husband. You know, I want to have sex. <laughs> and I said, OK, and I let them give their peace and I'll let them chime in. And I say, OK, let me just let me just give you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. I see now, you know what, when you single and you don't have nobody to worry about but yourself. Mm. I say that's that's a good part. I say the other part of it, like you said, is you can't have sex when you want to. But guess what? The married women, sometimes we don't want to. Mm -hmm. We're tired or, you know, yeah. some, we have something on our mind. I'm not talking about if we're sick or something like that. But we have to be concerned about our husband's needs. Yeah. And so whether I'm tired sometime or not, or just not in the mood or whatever, yeah. I have to be open to getting in the mood. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And that's what I tell married women too when they say, you know, uh, well, sometimes I'm not in the mood. I say, well, you know what? Just go through the motions. Most of the time he'll get you in the mood. <laughs> you pray about it and you start that kissing and touching and heavy petting. 
Uh-huh. It gets you in the mood if you allow yourself to be put yeah. in the mood. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I hope that's that's your question. I've been yeah. doing it informally for years and years and years. And so I just decided that I would uh, make it available and uh, I put my message out on a wider scale uh, to help women, not necessarily here in my little small circle in my church or whatever, but make my, my message available in my services, uh, my perspective available to a wider audience. If that makes sense. Amen. So in your answer, you said your story. What is your story? Oh, girl, let me tell you. (laughs) When I think back, my favorite Christmas was when I was six years old. Mm. I had got my first big girl bicycle and my daddy helped me learn how to ride it. Yeah. But two years later, my Christmas was not the same mm. because my parents had gotten a divorce. Mm. And me being a daddy's girl, of course, I was heartbroken. My mom was heartbroken. Uh, it, it was it was just difficult to adjust to the fact that he'd been in the home all the time. I had been so close to him. And now he's not in the home. Mm-hmm. And the, I'm, I would, I'm adopted. Yeah. So this is... a a second parent hmm. that I'm losing, right? Yeah. Because uh, my dad is gone. So I really got some problems with uh, people abandoning me, right? So that's how my speaking. And when I found my sweetheart, Donnie, or when he found me, however, when we found each other, I found someone that I could be me, I'm really, uh, <laughs> and he's silly like me. We enjoy the same things. We used to bowl. That's how we found each other. We lived in the same neighborhood. I actually knew he's the oldest of six boys, and I knew three other brothers, four of his other brothers before I met him. <laughs> I met him last, and... uh we really just hit it all to talk about any and everything. And so uh, when I said I do to him, I really meant that. I meant I do. Yeah. Me being a person who's abandoned didn't want to be someone who abandons. I'm yeah. really that person. I don't like to give. I will put through a whole bunch of stuff not to abandon. Yeah. Uh, but I just wanted the pain to stop. Mm. You know, it was like, uh he's not making me feel loved yeah and when we when we go further into that it really was me not knowing his love language i didn't know how to accept his love in the way he was showing it to me and i didn't know how to communicate to him how i needed to be loved i just expected him to know yeah why i didn't even know about the five love languages at that time you know i'm so grateful that uh the author of that book wrote that mm-hmm. so that, you know, we could have that perspective uh, <clears throat> that we could share with our loved ones. It's not just uh, spouses or anything, but any of our significant others, uh, children, parents, friends, anything. This is the way I interpret love. And yeah. so I'm an acts of service type of girl. I'm always running around doing for people, you know, uh, thoughtful actions mean a lot to me. Yes. But my husband is, his love language is giving gifts. Yes. 
So he would bring me these gifts and I'd be like, you know, I'm an independent woman kind of kind of girl. I was until I got married. And I'd be like, oh, I, I got a job. I could buy this if I wanted that. It's not, you know, I usually buy what I want. Right, right. So not knowing that that's the way he was showing his love. Mm -hmm. And after I read that book, I said, oh, now I, I know when he's buying that it's not something frivolous. Yes, yes. It's love. Hmm. And I can receive it now that I yeah. know that's what it is. Yeah. But on the other hand, since I like actions, hey, will you do such and such for me? Yes. And I don't necessarily say this is this is how you this is this is what'll seem like love to me. I just say, you know, hey, can you help me out? Can you do such and such a thing? And he'll say, Yeah, no problem, baby. I get it. Yeah. Now, he don't always get it in my time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. I have learned to just let him do it in his time. Let him do it his way. And everything is working so much better. Now, do yeah. we fall out? Yes, we do. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just part of life. Amen. Amen. Um, I met you last year, right? We're yes. in the coaching program. And you shared, you know, some of your story with us. But there's this one particular day where you were in the hairdresser. Can you share that story with the audience, please? Oh yes, Lord. That's that's my TED talk. That's what I <laughs> that's what I have people laughing. So yeah, the story that I share is I was in the beauty salon and I would go and get a perm at that time. I'm natural now, so I don't be getting no perms, but I still go to the salon every once in a while. But I was going every Two weeks, I believe. And I was, you know, so the hairdresser and I had gotten a real good relationship. We were having conversations. And if anybody knows, if you have that regular hairdresser, they're like a therapist, mm -hmm. you know. So that's what my time with her was like a therapy session. She, I would talk to her about things and she'd give me a different perspective. She was a little older than I was at the time. And this particular day when she was doing my hair, I just blurted out, I want a divorce. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what? And she asked me some unexpected questions and she yeah. wanted to know, you know, well, is your husband a cheater? And I said, no, he's not a cheater. And she said, well, does he do drugs in excess or drink too much? And I said, no, he doesn't do any of that. She said, well, uh, does he does he put his hands on you? Has he put his hands on you? I said, no, he hasn't done any of that. And, and she looked at me like, you know, well... <laughs> Those are the three biggies. What are, you, what are you talking about? So I had to tell her, I say, no, he doesn't do any of that. But what he does do is he won't help me keep the house clean. Yeah. And I said, for example, he'll sit down on the bed, take off his socks, and he'll throw his socks in the direction of the hamper. See that they miss the hamper mm -hmm. and not get up and put them in. Right, right. And right. I said, that just frustrates me to no end. Because yeah. what it did is it's not necessarily about the socks, that the socks were next to the hamper. It's, I told you, I'm acts of service. So in my mind, yeah. him not getting up and putting the socks in the hamper, when he clearly saw they weren't, out, it was to piss me off for one. <laughs> That's what I thought. He's trying to piss me off. Or number two, he's not, he's not being loving yes, towards yes. me. If yes. he loved me, he would pick the socks up and put them in the hamper. Right. Now, uh, at my last TEDx talk, when I was talking about this, I had to think about it. So I was writing my speech out and I shared with the audience for the first time. I see, you know what, y'all? I ain't even say nothing to him about the socks. 
<laughs> I didn't ask him, you know, hey, why you keep putting these socks on the floor? Why you... We never had a conversation about the socks. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I just think you you saw that he's just not he's not a neat guy let me just say that to begin with he is not a neat guy uh the sock situation after 38 years it has not changed yeah, it hasn't yeah. it's not um, it has not changed so <laughs> uh for women out there thinking that you're gonna marry somebody and you're gonna change them right. no you're not if you could that would that be a good thing because there's some things about us they want to change too right right so right. so anyway like I say in defending my husband <laughs> With with my hairdresser, because after she asked me those things, I felt attacked. Right, you know, like you did I say anything to let you believe that my husband was a cheater, or a drug abuser, drinker? Did he put his hands on me? All of that? No, 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 no. So, uh, in defending, you know, I told her I had to say, you know, look, he's a provider, he's my protector, he's affectionate, he's loyal, he's a great father to the kids. My kids played every sport known to man, really. <laughs> I'm telling you, they did. And he was he's the guy that was out there because I had a job where I was working on Saturdays at the post office. And so he is flex. He had weekends off. So he was the guy who would always take them. You know, like I took him to practice or whatever. And he took them and he made sure that his schedule was free. He didn't schedule anything that was going to interfere with what he had to do for his family. So now, y'all, I was going to throw my whole marriage away. I'm looking in the camera. I was going to throw my whole marriage away. (laughs) You know, because of a guy not being neat. Yes, yes, yes. So, you know, just had to put the thing in the proper perspective. And she helped me um, work through that. And uh, we talked about prayer. And uh, I got into a Bible study and got into my word more. And um, just begin to know who I was in Christ. That I'm important. A lot of this angst I had was didn't really have anything to do with him yeah. it had something to do with how I felt about myself and not having really the Lord in his proper place mm. then number two I don't know if I told you about the second beautician that I talked to she was she'd been married at that time about 45 years Miss Jefferson and uh she was well in her late 60s she might have been in her early 70s at this time and I'm um you know 30s maybe early 40s or something 30s at the time definitely at the seven year mark but this is fast forward this is on into uh, after you know I've decided to recommit myself and I'm fighting for my marriage and I'm going to be there because it's an onward fight it's not something that you just check off and say okay I'm good with it it's a work that you're going to have to do every day so that's why I'm saying this is on down the line after I'm in it to win it, I'm not getting out of it. We're yeah. <laughs> going to die. I hope I don't have to kill you, but we're going to die together. <laughs> so I'm talking to Miss Jefferson and, you know, I'm just telling him he's getting on my nerves. He won't help me. Da, 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 da. I mean, we're still talking about this years later now. And we could still talk about it today if you want to, but we're not going to. So anyway, I'm talking to Miss Jefferson. I'm telling her all the stuff that my husband's doing. And she say, oh, Mr. Jefferson, do that. I said, what? Y'all been married 45 years? She said, yeah, Mr. Jefferson do that same thing. They could be brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you the the relief that that really gave me that second, that second time of talking to the beautician because it said that I'm not alone. Yes, yes. I see all of these beautiful couples at church, at the events we go to, Instagram, whatever it is, and they're showing us highlight reels, whether it's on TV, whatever. 
And I'm thinking, I'm dealing with a guy that won't put the dishes in the dishwasher. Sometimes he don't put the toilet seat down. The socks and the shoes are left in the den, you know. <laughs> we are not I mean. alone. <laughs> yeah. But that made me that gave me so much peace to know that I wasn't alone. Yeah. There are other women out here. They're just not telling you about it, but they're dealing with something. Yeah. And so the other part of it, I don't know if you wanted to know this, but let me tell you. I found out that I'm not perfect either. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. None of us. I do stuff that he don't like. Yeah. He just might not say nothing about it. You know, and sometimes he say something about it. I just don't pay no attention. Um, (laughs) He don't like being made late. Mm. And I used to be habitually late. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he likes to have it from his childhood. His mom always cooked a, a good meal and had family over on Sundays. For a while there, I didn't cook on Sundays. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he said, well, you know, I really wish it, it wasn't in a demanding way. I, was, I really wish that you would, you know, cook on Sunday or whatever. I'd be like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't pay no attention to him or whatever. But he really liked that. Yeah. yeah. So there were some things that, you know, if he had to, uh, write them down just like I'm saying about you know the things I don't like about him it's some things he don't like about me too right, right. but I, that never occurred to me because in my mind I'm perfect <laughs> right 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 so sounds like communication is the key you know letting your husband your wife know your, your wishes and it's give and take yes you know Iron sharpening iron, and none All of us of are perfect. None <laughs> of us are perfect. <laughs> so if you're looking for the perfect spouse, stop looking. It does not. Absolutely. She does not exist. He does not exist. They do not. Talk about two people from different backgrounds coming together to become one. And yes. this takes a lifetime to become that one. Absolutely. Our God. Absolutely. Mm, 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 mm. It is not going to happen overnight. Nope. It's not a, a check the box and okay, <laughs> we we've had this one conversation that we should be good. Now this should take us on out the next 20 years or whatever. It's not. It's going to be a continuous readjustment, a continuous growth, and a continuous prioritizing uh your marriage. Now yes. I am a big believer of self-care. So yes, um, me being, I grew up as an only child. So I like to have my quiet time where I'm by myself. Yes. Uh, So I do, I do that. And my husband understands that, but he knows that our marriage is a priority. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, my marriage is a priority. Um, And what do I mean by that? Um, Work does not come before my marriage. the only thing that comes before my marriage is is God. Yes. You know, if the Lord say do something, you know, different or whatever, I'm gonna have to talk to my husband and say, hey, the Lord said, I'm, I think I'm hearing the Lord say to do this. Yeah. But Lord say do something, you know, different or whatever, I'm gonna have to talk to my husband and say, hey, the Lord said, I'm, I think I'm hearing the Lord say to do this. Yeah. But the Lord instituted marriage, so He understands where the priority for that to be. And it's a, a, a twofer with that. But, you know, I take my instructions from the Lord and he wants us to prioritize our marriage. Now, with that being said, some women will prioritize their kids. Mm. And, you know, you see them at church 
and the 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 mother might have, you know, little boy, or whatever. This is not little man right here. We gotta be careful about the words that we speak. Yeah. You know, uh, or they don't have time for, you know, their husband. All of their energy and everything is on the kids or whatever. And I understand a newborn, you know, you're breastfeeding or maybe not breastfeeding, but that's, you know, you got to put some, uh, some inner, a lot of energy into a newborn because that's a new life. Yes. But we need to see our marriages too as a, as a baby. Yeah. We have to put that time and energy into it too. Um, because a child is going to grow up and go on and have their life. Yes. Uh, and you're going to be there still trying to do life with your husband. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that I know of once the kids got older, uh, out of high school and went off to college, then the marriage is just kaput. Mm -hmm. uh, and it still affects the kids. 